the Click and Go Travel Podcast, fueling your wanderlust with far-flung, off-the-beaten-track destinations to just across the water and everything in between. Welcome back to the Click and Go Travel Podcast, and today we're chatting about Iceland. I think it's safe to say that Iceland is on everyone's bucket list. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Like when I was there for the very first time at the end of August, um, I'd always wanted to go. Okay, always. so this was your first time going? First time. Okay. First time. And um, like it was just, I, I don't know why I hadn't managed to figure out or plan the time to do it previously. Yeah. But yeah, this was the year and it was, it was, uh, so I was a, an Iceland novice. Okay. Uh, so to speak, but it was incredible. And I totally agree with you. It is on everybody's bucket list. Yeah. Every time we posted something in terms of any of the photos, any of the pictures, videos that we took when we were there, it was being lapped up. And the thing that everybody said, oh, that's on my bucket list. That's on yeah. my bucket list. And we shouldn't have things on our bucket list because, yeah, you know. Time yet. We got to get out there and do as it much as you no can. Man. Yeah. So you were there in August. Uh, we were there in August. We just we had um, two nights in Reykjavik. Okay. And then we were going on a cruise out of Reykjavik um, back to Europe. But we flew up. There's there's direct flights. Like loads of people don't know the basics. Yeah. So let's just do the basics so that we can we can make it easy. There's two airlines that fly Dublin to Reykjavik. Reykjavik is the capital of Iceland. Um, and they fly Dublin to Iceland, like pretty much there's 10 flights a week. Wow. Iceland Air are daily and an, another airline called Play. You'll see their air, their aircraft at Dublin Airport. They're all bright red, quite funky. Uh, they're a new low cost carrier uh, and they fly four times a week, five times a week at times. Play are probably more affordable than Iceland Air. Okay. We have both on the Click and Go website. Play we added only last week. So you can use either airline to, to travel there. We've tons of hotels in Reykjavik on the website. So city city breaks to Reykjavik and Iceland are easy, easy to do on the Click and Go website. Um, I'll be doing sessions with our own staff in terms of training, following yeah. like all of the stuff that we've done in Iceland. But like really easy, Jill. Two and a half hour flight. Wow. You'd think it's much further for yeah. some reason. You'd think, oh, you know, that's that's a, like, a good few hours away, more no, like, so than that. Yeah, but two like and a half hours half. is closer than some of the places we go regularly like, in Europe. Like closer than Prague, closer than Budapest. Yeah. Um, little bit, little bit further than Barcelona. So two and a half hour direct flight into Keflavik. Keflavik is quite a distance away from Reykjavik, which is the capital. Okay. The whole island only has a population of three hundred thousand people. Wow. And from the minute you land, it is different. It is just so different. And I think that's something nice in terms of a holiday destination that you go somewhere and you go, oh, complete cu- culture shock. Yeah, completely like, different. Because of the weather, there's just not a lot, not a trees uh, yeah. in, in, on most of the island. And because of the kind of geothermal and, and, and geological structure of the island, again, not many trees. And Keflavik, the airport, which is the main international airport, is located where it is. And I was saying to them, why is your, why is your airport so far from the capital city? And they said, oh, well, you know, the, there's too many mini earthquakes and, and <laughs> it's outside the volcano zone and it's outside the earthquake zone in Keflavik. So it's the safest area for us to have a wow. an airport. So, But they live with earthquakes and volcanoes because Iceland, as you can imagine, it is between Europe and the USA, up north, close to Greenland. But it's in the middle of two tectonic plates, which okay. are 
either I, I, I can never remember whether they're pulling apart or pushing together but they're moving yeah and when they move, it creates all of this activity in the underground areas yeah. and the geothermal areas and the, the, the geological areas. So, like, that's why they have all the volcanoes. That's why they have such amazing landscapes. Yeah. And, you know, oh, like, it is just incredibly different. Like, you can't compare it to anything. Like, yeah. there's, there's, there's nothing in Europe that you would see. It's very green, though, isn't it? It's quite green in the summertime, it okay. is. Um, but because of the, the soil and the, you know, like, it, it isn't... It isn't fertile like Irish countryside. Okay. It's it's breathtaking in terms of the mountains, the scenery, the volcanoes, the like the open spaces. It's just vast. Okay. It, but it's not it's not a massive country like but but the, the the landscapes are vast because you don't have this interruption of trees and you have concentration of people living in in the towns. Okay. So like you know the the provision of services is easier. Like their climate is you know, quite challenging. Like us, they would have four seasons in one day. Like they say, you know, if, if, if it's if it's too hot, just give it five minutes and it'll be fine. <laughs> um, and, you know, if it's raining, it could be, you know, very sunny in another five or ten minutes. Yeah. So the temperatures, you know, they're they're like Ireland. They're on the Gulf Stream. So the climate is actually quite mild, considering you're going north, because like when you fly from Dublin to Reykjavik, yes, you're flying a little bit west because time time wise, it's one hour behind us. Okay. But primarily you're flying north and a little west. So given how far north you are traveling, it is not an unbelievably cold climate. The Gulf Stream means that they have actually quite a mild climate. What they have, like, you know, what they would often say um, when we were chatting to them was, you know, the one thing that puts um, excursions at risk or puts, you know, limits what you can do on a daily basis is never the cold or the ice or the snow. It's the wind or the rain. Okay. So, what was the temperatures like in August when you were there? Um, 13, 14 degrees. Oh, that's not bad. So, you just okay, not bad. M- but imagine <coughs> it being Baltic. Yeah, I suppose no. in the winter it probably would be. Well, even in the winter, they're saying that they don't get horrifically cold um, temperatures because the w- they always have a wind. So they okay. always have a lot of wind, and that you know means that they don't have uh, you know phenomenal amounts of ice and snow. But uh, the wind can be quite challenging okay I'd imagine a winter wind in Iceland coming up off the Atlantic would be would be quite biting but like you know you're not going there to sunbathe no like it was 13 14 degrees it it's it's a bit like here it's very unpredictable the four seasons in 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 five minutes let alone one day so like when you're traveling keep a close eye on the weather forecast for when you're going to be there and dress accordingly loads of layers because even for the excursions that you do, like in the, in the capital city, Reykjavik, it, it would just be like any other city. But when you're going on the excursions, because it's more nature and yeah. sightseeing and in touch with nature and geysers and waterfalls and glaciers and whale watching, you, you're going to have to bring the right sort of clothes. Yeah, because even here, if you're out in the water in Ireland, it can be chilly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's better oh, yeah. to uh, wrap up than, than be too cold. Yeah. And what was your itinerary like? So what we, we flew in... Um, Thursday and got the transfer into Reykjavik and that afternoon we did a food tour a walking oh, wow. food tour of very Reykjavik cool. which was really nice Is Icelandic food very different or A lot of lamb Okay and a lot of fish okay. you know so you can imagine like being an island and in the Atlantic yeah. they're 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 really strong in terms of their fisheries um so like great choice of of fish fish and chips everywhere uh, <laughs> and that's probably the cheaper of the dishes that they have in Iceland but we can touch on that later but loads of lamb as well and okay. really great food but like 
the way we did the food tour and like you can book this with with, with click and go you can book this online the guy who did it like it was he was english speaking and brought there must have been 14 15 of us a mix of like irish uk us citizens around and you'd have a starter in one place a little bit of a main course in another a different oh, main cool. course in another place and and you know then some I can't remember what we had somewhere else and then finished up with desserts and coffee. So it was almost like a walking afternoon through all of the different courses of a meal. And oh, yeah, no, they have that. There's a hot dog stand. That was what they did for one of them, because they've done like (laughs) Iceland has hosted some amazing chess championships. And it also hosts some very interesting political events, like at times when the the US and the the USSR were having meetings, they were held in Iceland. So Clinton would have been there. Different people would have been there. And he 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 calls out this hot dog place, okay. you know, thinking, where else can you have hot dogs? But in the United States, well, you can have great hot dogs in Iceland. And again, that hot dog stand is really affordable. OK, very good. And probably very popular now. Very popular. Yeah. So, yeah, we did that. That was what we did in the afternoon. And it, it killed like it, you know, it covered, it killed a few things in terms of like you could get your bearings yeah. about the city because it's quite a nice city. A uh, lot of hotels, very tourist friendly. Great bars. Um, so just as you'd imagine, any city like it is on the coast, you have the old harbour and then you have a new cruise port. Um, and like just just like anywhere else, plenty of shopping, plenty of restaurants, pedestrian streets, loads of things to do. So the, the, the walking tour gave us our bearings as to where the, the city was. That evening, then we went and did uh, a sky lagoon like there's there's two lagoons. There's the blue lagoon and the sky lagoon. OK. And these are outdoor hot water. Like uh, the geyser springs or is Not that geyser springs. They're more like a spa that you okay. would go to. So they have large outdoor pools where oh, you can cool. swim and just hang out. And you're hanging out in these, you know, warm water pools. But, it, it you know, in, the, in August it wasn't too cold. But like in the wintertime it would be freezing. Yeah. Uh, and like you're enjoying this 365 days a year. So the Blue Lagoon is close to the airport. So people often do that on the day that they arrive and then travel into Reykjavik. We wanted to do the food tour so we did that and then we did Sky Lagoon which is closer to Reykjavik very similar format you check in it's like a spa they have swim up pool bar they have stunning views out over the coast and you're in like and then you can do like a sauna steam room different things that are part of the lagoon so it's a real chilled relaxing way to kind of settle in to to the countryside and get to enjoy their geothermals because it's all geothermal it's all naturally heated Um, it's cool so that was amazing then the next day we did um, the Golden Circle, which is, you know, it kind of catches a lot of, of the key things. You know, it gets you to that national park, to Gulfoss Waterfall, to the geysers. OK. Um, and you can add on a, a visit to the glacier when you're doing that. So like the Golden Circle is just amazing. And you would do that with an excursion as an excursion <coughs> with a, a company book. Like yeah. Th- yeah. One thing that was very noticeable and I think I touched on it like there's a lot of hotels and there's an awful lot of tourists in Iceland Um, it was a huge number of American tourists like a phenomenal number of American tourists loads of the Americans seemed to opt to travel via Iceland when flying from the US to Europe Okay, and then they have a they break the journey and do some time in Iceland so two, three, four nights some of them were there for two weeks in Iceland Um, and some of them were just doing Iceland as a venue but Yes. In order to get the best out of any trip to Iceland, you need to do the excursions. Okay. And to be sure that you get the excursions you want, you need to pre-book those. Okay. 
So, you know, we can do that if you're buying a city break, we can we can pre-book the excursions for you. Other travel companies like Travel Department have fully escorted programs to Iceland at different okay. times in the year. So you can buy the full package, including all the excursions. Okay. Um, and like everybody's heard of Travel Department, like they're an Irish based company. They're here in Dublin. Um, they do some great escorted tours. Yeah. And Iceland is one of the destinations that that they do very well. But I would not leave doing your excursions until you get there. Okay. Because they could very well be booked out. Okay. Um, you know, there is there is really it, it, the amount of tourists in Iceland was was just incredible. Like it was it was mind blowing. Yeah. Okay. Did yeah. you didn't expect that you expected no, it to no, be like, quieter or Yeah. Okay. But no, it seemed to be well, as we know, it's on yeah. everybody's bucket list. Bucket so, list. Yeah. So loads of people are doing it and all of a sudden you have from Ireland ten flights a week. Yeah. Like 10 flights a week is, is, is the guts of 1,800 seats, 2,000 seats between Dublin and Iceland every week. And they're not always going to be the Icelandics coming here for a cheap pint. It's going yeah. to be loads of Irish going up there yeah. to see what Iceland has to offer. But the Golden Circle is great, Jill, because you get like the first stop is and like it's a full day. OK. So and you get to see everything you get like it's guided. So you're getting a local guide to explain the geography. Um, you go to I, I'll get the names wrong don't worry about <laughs> you getting the names wrong Thingvellir National Park Thingvellir like, yeah their, their words tend to be very long yeah, yeah so it's it's hard when you're looking at a word and it's not your native language to, yeah. to pronounce everybody speaks English so it's fine very okay so you go there that's the site of their first parliament okay and I think it was the oldest parliament in Europe yeah I think I was reading up on it it was uh, 930 AD 930 AD yeah that's like, Wow. That's history. Yeah. And like, like that is democracy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and kind of the tribal piece becoming very political, which is great. And from the thing, Valir, you can, you, you can get a sense of the tectonic plates pulling apart and, and the changes and what's happening and geography. Like I wasn't a great geography student, but like it was very interesting to, to hear all of yeah. what they were doing. And then they, you know, once you've done thing, Valir, they bring you to a, an, another area where there's all these geysers and the geysers are just again release of, of, of steam and hot water from the earth by virtue of geothermal circumstances and you're standing there and like the next thing this geyser blows and wow. everybody's waiting for it and it more or less goes off every two, three, four minutes wow. and it's again just in this area where they have all of these geysers um, and amazing then we went to Gulfoss waterfall, which I think was the absolute highlight, like the photographs okay. and the videos from Gulfoss. The sheer scale of, of, of that waterfall is wow. staggering. It's like Niagara, but in a in a in a different like location, obviously. But it also played into the that landscape, that just vast, vast landscape that okay. it's hard to believe you're only two and a half hours, three hours from, wow. from Ireland. So Gulfoss was just incredible. And as I said, when you've done when you've done kind of the Golden Circle, at the end of the Golden Circle, they bring you to a tomato farm. OK. OK. Tomato a tomato farm. farm. Okay. A tomato farm in Iceland. Are you a big fan of tomatoes? Not really. No. Okay. I like them, but yeah. like everybody else to, to, you know, to a limited extent. Yeah. But the tomato farm is interesting because it supplies all of Iceland's tomatoes. OK. They grow tomatoes 12 months of the year. They have right. glass houses like you don't think Iceland's, are, uh, you know, tomatoes are going to be growing in Iceland like it just yeah. doesn't stack. But 
they're using all the geothermal. And this is what these people are really good at. And you begin to get a sense of their sense of national pride. Like the Icelandic people are incredibly proud of what they achieve, you know, in terms of their their energy, their use of natural energy, yeah. the natural environment, um, their politics, their political structure. Like this is a fully functioning country with just 300,000 people. It's amazing. As their yeah. population base. Wow. So like, I think that's like, I don't know what the population, like about the population of Cork. Wow. So, and, and they've an entire country fed off that. So the tomato farm, coming back to the tomato farm, you're going, why are we going to a tomato farm? And it's all of these glass houses. And then they have the whole story of the geothermal springs and the hot water is then used to heat the glass houses and to drive the electricity that provides wow. light to the glass houses in the winter. And all of the tomatoes are growing on these almost like vines. So they have they have overcome the adversity piece of their geographic location to grow tomatoes, harnessing all of the natural energy. And it is just incredible. And whilst you're there, of course, you have tomato soup and you yeah. can have tomato bread and <laughs> you can have tomato absolutely everything. everything. And, yeah. yeah. But that kind of then brings us to the the, the, the cost thing because Iceland yeah. is not cheap. Okay. So it, it, it is on the bucket list, but you need to save. So just to give you for instances, like in the tomato farm, yeah, you we had lunch or late lunch, and a bowl of tomato soup <laughs> was about twenty euros. Wow! Now you can have more. Okay, you can have two. Like it's yeah. a it's a it's a refillable bowl of tomato soup. Yeah, but bottomless. like most Irish people, yes, yeah, bottomless. But most <laughs> Irish people would be thinking, like I know my mother would be thinking, okay, well if there's two of us, I'll have one, and you can go. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. It's per person. Okay. So you know, and there's only so much tomato soup you can yeah. eat. And it is fabulous, but it's 20 euros. Wow. And, but they're the kind of price points, you know, the taxes are quite high. So food and drink is reasonably expensive. You know, like, as I said, there's some great fish and some of the some of the fish and chip shops, you know, but you would be looking again around 20, 25 euros wow, for, okay. Just fish, for and chips. fish and chips. So, you know, from that point of view, it, it's expensive. The drink wasn't as expensive as I was thinking. You know, okay. pints were kind of eight euros okay not not too bad like 10 euros in some places wine is expensive so you you, you kind of have to modify it that way but you can see from something like the golden circle you're getting so much in yeah. a day yeah you know you're getting the national park you're getting the geysers you're getting gulf Foss waterfalls and you're getting a tomato farm and you get that with and 20 people, euro soup and, <laughs> and, and we couldn't that day because i think we were rushing to something but you can also include a glacier visit okay uh, you know, and you can go up on the glacier um, as as an add-on into the Golden Circle visit. And you so didn't do that. We didn't. No. I think okay. we were time short. I think we had to get to the ship or something that day. Um, so we were just a bit tight, but uh, like it was just incredible. Um, and then the following day, um, we did whale watching. So we we wow. were on the ship at that stage, but the ship had overnighted in Reykjavik and went back to the old harbour in Reykjavik and got on a rib, which is like a speedboat with. 12, 15 seats that are like strapped in okay. and you put on all of the wet gear, you know, you, you don't have to put on wetsuits. It's not yeah. wetsuits. You're not going into the water, but it's all of this really nice thermal, warm, snuggly jackets <laughs> and coats and pants and everything. And then you're out in, on the rib, out of out of Reykjavik Harbour, wow. chasing, you know, out into the ocean and looking for where the dolphins are and looking for the killer whales and we saw Did you uh, see? minkies we didn't see killers we saw minkies and we saw dolphins and oh. it was just like the nature 
the neck, like and the scale. Like, yeah. It's hard to describe. Wow. And how yeah. long would you be out on the water for? About two hours. OK. Yeah. So and it was very pleasant. We were lucky when we were there. Like we didn't have any of the cold wind. Like it was August. So it was a good time to go. Okay. Like I think I think from a timing point of view, you've got to think, what am I looking for? Yeah. You know, um, we were tying it in with a cruise out of Iceland back to Europe. Um, so from our point of view, the end of August suited us perfectly. But at other times of the year, you would have a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah, like so there'd be different times that you'd want to go depending on what you want to do. So if you Yeah, wanna... like for example, we couldn't do the Northern Lights when we were there. Yeah. Because in the summer months they have they have a lot of daylight. Like yeah. in June they, they pretty much have continuous daylight. Twenty four so hours of daylight. Twenty four hours of daylight. Wow. So like May, June and into into July, there's a period of time where it, it never gets dark. Wow. By the end of August it was pretty much an equivalent to the same amount of daylight as in Ireland. Okay. And then in the winter time, they have very little daylight hours. Like okay. it, they, they kind of said, like in December, it, it almost doesn't get bright. Okay. You know, like it. That'd be strange. And it is. Yeah. And they find it very hard. And they will they will tell you themselves they find winters tough. Yeah. More so, I think, from the, the daylight piece yeah. than anything else. But what you do get in the winter is the northern lights yeah. because you have that darker um, less daylight hours so like in winter you can do different things yeah um, but it is it is a 12 months of the year destination yeah um, it's open all the time with tons to do and see all the time it is weather dependent and your excursions will be weather dependent yeah. but more so weather dependent based on the wind like the day before we went out whale watching the wind was high so there was nobody allowed out to do the whale watching yeah so like it's you know, yeah, you sensible to, health and safety. Yeah. That's what has to happen. But um, like you literally have a book of excursions and things that you can do. And as I said, some of the people that we met on the on the walking food tour, there was there was a brilliant group of five American ladies and they all met in college. And every couple of years they get together and they go off and do a big holiday together. They're That's still great. great pals, probably early, early 60s, late, late, late 50s age group. And they were two weeks in Iceland and they were hiring a car and driving around. Wow. Um, and then we met another couple who were there with their two kids and they had hired a car and had driven around. So the US, the American tourists tend to go for longer, stay longer. Okay. I guess, you know, the strength of the dollar is, yeah. is helping them. Iceland is probably not as expensive as it is to us yeah. coming from, from Ireland and Europe. Um, like it's all Icelandic kroners, their own okay. currency. We d we didn't convert anything. We just used our cards to pay for it. Okay, everything. yeah. But it was interesting that the, the the American tourists were driving around and they were driving around the entire, entire island. Entire island, yeah. Which wow. would be a bit of an adventure. I think the perfect way to do this is two or three nights. Get your excursions in. Okay. Accept that it's going to be pricey, but accept that it's going to be like oh. a holiday like no other. Yeah. It is amazing. It's almost like doing Alaska. Wow. In terms of the the wowness of the place, yeah. if, if that's a word like we did Alaska years ago and it, 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 it's that breathtaking and that wow. OK, but obviously to get to the likes of Vancouver or Seattle yeah. or Anchorage to do Alaska, this is pretty much Just, on your doorstep. Yeah, like two and a two, half two hours. Half flight, that's ten flights a week. Yeah. This is easy. That's so, nothing. Uh, yeah. I would definitely be saying to people, get it off the bucket list and get it in the diary. Yeah. And what was your highlight? Was it the waterfall? Oh, Gulfoss waterfall yeah. was incredible. Was you know, yeah. like the, 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 the Golden Circle, 
is is not a circle of the island. It's only a circle of one part of the island. Okay. Um, but it captured everything: the geysers, the waterfall, the national park. It's all the main things you want to see. Yeah. But <laughs> it is, and I, like if I was like next time I would go and I would do the glacier. Okay. You know, I would I would pull in something else like that. Next time I would go, it would probably be more winter to get a winter feel. Yeah. And it, do the Northern Lights. Have you and seen the Northern Lights no, before? No, never, 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 okay. never. Yeah. So, um, like, I think I think there's just so much to see and do. Like, they're incredibly well geared to tourism. It's really friendly. It's really safe. Okay. It is expensive. Yeah. But, you know, if you know and, and if expect you know in that, advance, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, the other tip was to book your excursions in advance. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. I, I don't know how busy it is in the wintertime relative to the summertime because I've only been the once. But um, there were people in the hotels looking to book things. OK. And they were kind of being laughed at. You know, yeah. like, you can't be serious. You come here and you haven't booked anything. Yeah. And they were kind of thinking, well, I thought we could just rock up and they'd end up on a, you know, a hop on, hop off bus. OK. Which is not what you want to do if you've gone to Iceland. Like no. you want to. No. You want to do the whale watching, the dolphins. You want to do the golden circle. You want to do the waterfalls like or the glacier or the northern lights. So yeah. put the time into it. And, yeah. You know, contact us, contact your local travel agent, contact travel department, get somebody who knows Iceland and knows it well yeah. um, and get them to have everything arranged for you in advance. Yeah, definitely something I want to do. And now that I know it's only two and a half hours, I'm mm. be booking it uh, yeah. for next yeah. year. I would. Yeah. I'll no. go back. I was on a new ship launch. Um, that's what that's what we had gone up for. Norwegian cruise lines were launching Prima, okay, um, which is their newest ship out of Iceland. And for next year, Prima is doing a series of ten night cruises from the UK to Iceland and back. But wait, you hear what the itinerary is? So you on on leaving the UK, you, you travel north via the Norwegian fjords, and there are wow. three stops in the Norwegian fjords. That's amazing. And then it continues on to Iceland, and it's in three different ports of call in Iceland. Okay, wow. So you're getting to see three parts of Iceland. You're getting to see the Norwegian fjords in, in, in you know, three different visits. It's, yeah. This is a 10-night cruise, and nobody is doing a cruise that combines Iceland and the Norwegian fjords. So this is quite unique. So from May to September next year, um, this ship, Prima, is going to do Southampton up to Reykjavik via the fjords, via the other visits in Iceland, Iskifjord and one other place I can't remember another unpronounceable name <laughs> and then it'll do exactly the same back so you'd either you either go one way you'd, or you'd you either fly back. to Southampton join the ship because you can you can fly to Southampton fly to Heathrow and just you know you did it with me the yeah. other week it's a short transfer cruise up to Iceland and fly home or fly up to Iceland and cruise back home yeah. and Prima is a stunning ship but that's going to be on that itinerary and it's a 10 nighter so really 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 wow. You know, you get to see like you'll get four days if you have three nights and three ports of call in Iceland. That's four days of visits. Yeah. In Iceland, four days of visits in the Norwegian fjords. Like it would be a really incredible uh, landscape experience yeah. to do. That would be and something to see It'd for the first beautiful. time. Like more and more cruise lines are including Iceland. OK. But this is the only one I know that's combining both the Norwegian fjords and Iceland. So okay. it's one I would recommend. And the benefit there is then all your food and all your drinks on the ship are included. Yeah. So you don't have to worry so about the cost of living in Iceland. Cost. You just have the excursions, which are going to be the same whether you're on a ship or whether you're in a hotel. Yeah. But it's it's a good alternative and a good option. 
That sounds and great. And you just need to contact, click and go to book yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. Just click and go. That's it. Great. Well, thank you very much for listening. And if you'd like to follow us on our social channels, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if you have any suggestions for us on our podcast, please email us at podcast at click and go.com. Thanks very much for listening. Bye. Thanks, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.